0: Everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our uh, podcast, Everything Product. So we talk about insights on latest technologies with a product mindset. I'm Sid Saladi, product manager working at Best Buy.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Fani Voyuru. I'm a product manager at Intuit
0: so to, uh, in in our previous podcast we have discussed a lot about different crypto concepts and all of that stuff today specifically we are going to talk about smart contracts <laughs> so smart contracts their use cases and also we'll dig deep into some of the applications which, which exist in, inside the smart contracts and how 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 are their businesses work and what are their use cases so let's quickly get started with a simple question funny what do you think a smart contract is great topic
1: Siddharth. let's start before we go into smart contracts, right? let's start with the basics of blockchain. So in the past or in our previous podcast, we have discussed a little bit about blockchains. Right? The two primary blockchains that we know of is Bitcoin and Ethereum. Bitcoin as a blockchain will let you do transactions and those transactions are written into blocks. But Ethereum as a blockchain goes way beyond that. It will let you write something called smart contracts which are basically software programs that are deployed into a blockchain. Let me take a very simple example uh, to help you understand what that is. So for example, we both are there and let's say we put a bet. To say, uh, if the temperature in San Francisco goes more than 90 degrees Fahrenheit today, I'll give you $20. Now, in a real world, in order for us to execute that, what would we do? Let's say we bring Srinath and we tell him, dude, we put a bet. So when this happens, you can uh, take $20 from me and send it to Siddur. But now let's think of it decentralized, uh, uh, decentralized place, right? What we can do is we can write a software program using one of the programming languages like let's say Solidity and deploy it into Ethereum. Now what Ethereum will do, I mean the program will do is it will check the temperature today. And if it goes more than 90 degrees in San Francisco, it will automatically direct $20 from my account and transfer it into your account. In a very simple terms, that is what a smart, con- smart contract is.
0: Yeah, so I think that, that brings up a really interesting case here, right? So what we're essentially doing is we are capturing all the actions, what happens in an agreement between two people, into code and saying you know the program to get executed when certain set of conditions are satisfied as you said right betting is one use case and also in the real world there are a lot of intermediaries who actually do a lot of these uh, actions between two parties which could be basically brought into smart uh, contracts and smart blockchains uh, which simplifies the overall process right so that's that's an amazing way of doing it right but uh, so what are the different chains we have um, uh, that uh, do smart contracts
1: the the biggest one that uh, a lot of people use is still ethereum ethereum i think holds 80 percent of the market if i'm not wrong and obviously there are other blockchains like solana polkadot algorand cardano etc They also let you build uh, smart contracts and then deploy it into the blockchains.
0: Yeah, that's right. So I've I've seen that uh, Ethereum has, I think 178 billion or something of uh, market share at at this point, but there are also similar ones like Cardona and all of the ones which you've said. Most of them have slight variations, like the language they use. I think Ethereum is solidarity yep. and um, other blockchains, some some of them use CC++ and all of that stuff. And maybe most of them are proof of stake, but Ethereum is proof of work. And I, I think the merge is going on now. So in, in a week or so, it'll actually be proof of stakes, which would basically eliminate the fundamental difference between the other uh, blockchains and Ethereum and you know more people flock towards Ethereum. But that also that's also interesting, right? So I think uh, the winner gets all is what we are looking at, right? So you know it's 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 almost the same where Apple iOS right takes in a lot of market share. Android does it, and there are just two players. And Ethereum is the same where it has a head start and it's actually taking in a mo- lot of players who are building it.
1: I, I love that example actually. So you are basically comparing the Apple's Play Store or an Apple's App Store uh, or a Google's Play Store to Ethereum blockchain, where you are saying a developer can come build an application or a game or anything like that and deploy it into Ethereum, which can be utilized by others. No, that's a great example. Right, Chedu? Let's discuss this. Who do you think is the customer for smart contracts?
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's a um, good question. So We are going to the customers who are actually using smart contracts, right? So that's basically a developer or who is actually developing on the Ethereum blockchain, right? So imagine I'm a developer and Ethereum is a world. So I actually go in and um, go into the Ethereum world with ETH as a currency to build something, right? That the Ethereum gives me infra to host my app also a language to build on and also gives me the ecosystem and all of that stuff. So I, I would say the primary customer would be a developer. The, the more, uh, the, the stronger the ecosystem, the more enticing for a developer to go in and develop. So I think that's where all of these blockchains are competing with each other to give that flexibility for people to develop and, you know, develop use cases for real world.
1: That's true. Yep, I, I totally agree, right? Because, in order for a developer to do something, taking your previous example, Apple takes what, 30% cut of what the developer is making.
0: That's
1: right. uh, I don't know how much Google takes, but that's a big chunk of money a developer is giving to Apple just to host their application. And I'm not saying Ethereum or any of the other uh, decentralized blockchains are cheaper because right now they charge for every individual transaction that you do. And you say Apple is doing the same thing, but they're also trying to do the same. But down the line, what I would anticipate to happen is the fees that all of these developers has to incur to host their application or for any of the transactions that happen with that application would be much, much cheaper than what they're doing with the Apple Store um, or the Google Play Store.
0: Yeah, I I think that's, that's absolutely true, right? So I feel that as the ecosystem matures, right, there is this blockchain which exists, which is the fundamental use case is smart contracts. There will be people who will be coming in and developing stuff. So the more people inside, the more the value of ETH becomes. The more the value of ETH becomes, it'll be more attractive for people to come and enhance the Ethereum blockchain. And also there will be other side chains who'll en- enhance it for further use cases. So I think it 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 actually becomes a network effect, same like Apple or Android, where people more and more people come start developing, you know, there is all wealth driven economy going on and it's, it becomes more and more easier, scalable, and it becomes more cost effective and that all of that are passed to the end user. That
1: is true. Yep. There are are definitely uh, cons in this as well right now, because what I strongly believe is the more people there are in anything, that is what grows and that is that has started to a certain extent with the decentralized applications and especially the smart contracts and stuff but at least in the last year or two what i'm observing is given that the crypto market is down it is it is solely reliant on people spending their time and money and when that happens the smart contracts and the decentralized applications are gonna uh, are gonna go to a roof here. that's right yeah and
0: Also, on the user side, right, like, I I would want to understand, right, like, if I was the user of a a smart contract, what would I want for the smart contract to, you know, give me so that I could build uh, on the blockchain, right? So what do you think are the things which Ethereum has to think about to pull in more people to build something on them?
1: Uh, Great question, right? So let's take a developer's uh, mindset. Or let's put a developer's hat and uh, perspective here. What would a developer need? Like um, applications that would basically tell that, uh, hey, these are all the tools that you can use to like build a code. You should be able to easily deploy the codes. You should be able to like uh, check if there is any errors and stuff. You should be able to track once a code is being deployed. I would definitely look at a bunch of these tools that uh, Ethereum as a blockchain can provide. Uh, but I don't want to restrict it to ethereum though um, I'll tell you it this way right there there is a lot of programming languages that are already available and st- since these are decentralized uh, a developer one developer can build for someone else like uh, let's say I can build a stack or libraries that can be utilized by you to build something else so again going back to my philosophy or the thought process, right? the more people are there in the ecosystem, the more things would come up because one would set the platform for the other.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think that's also a key important factor, right? Ease of use is a pretty important determ- uh, uh, determination factor where I know it's, it, it should be easy for me as a developer to build something on, on the blockchain. The second thing is the users. I'll only build where the users are, right? Because it, I can test yeah. it and I, I can scale it and all of that stuff. So the, I, I, I I feel that uh, Ethereum has a lot of users, right? Like there are a lot of DeFi projects on Ethereum. There are also a lot of cryptocurrencies that are actually built on Ethereum itself, right? Like uh, a lot of, and also the decentralized exchanges. So a lot of uh, applications are being built. So let's see how that pans out as we, (laughs) uh, as years progress.
1: That's a good segue into this. uh, So so can you talk more about the use cases that you think are uh, prominent ones using smart contracts?
0: Yeah, so I think the biggest uh, use case is DeFi. Um, right? Uh, there is DeFi, there could be um, DAOs, and there could be a lot of different use cases inside the um, uh, smart contract itself. But DeFi, I think, so by far, is the biggest, which I think is close to 94 billion or so um, overall. And DeFi could also be separated into different segments, right? Lending and borrowing is one. Derivatives is one, derivatives is really big. And there's also decentralized exchanges that is big. There could also be insurance, right? That could be automated, that is big. And I'd say there are all of these use cases that come in as we dig deep into DeFi. So maybe let's pick one and see how, how what are the use cases here? So I'd say if we consider lending and borrowing, right? The What is lending and borrowing, right? So I go to a bank to borrow money. And there's also another person who goes to the bank to deposit his money. So the bank is an intermediary who's balancing all the loans it's giving out, all the savings it's maintaining. And it's basically a place you trust. And, uh, you know, it actually is, uh, helping you to stay in in what you want right By like you know giving money paying and all of that stuff it also takes care of the defaulters and all of that but end of the day you don't lose money and also the person who takes loan pays out the money so i think that's what it does so when we get into that use case right so do we need a bank to do that because all of these transactions are are actions that could be inside a smart contract right so that's the beauty of smart contracts so what is your take on that
1: yeah absolutely that that's a great example right so i think Aave is one of the um, applications that's using smart contracts to give the loans to the customers i love the thought process as well so let's take a primary bank chase why do we trust chase rather than let's say me taking money from a peer-to-peer network the reason we trust chase is even if something happens, even if a person defaults on their uh, loan payments, I can still trust to Chase to say, okay, Chase is going to give me my own interest. Or if I keep money in Chase, Chase has probably like insurance policies or whatever. So they'll make sure to give my money back. So that's what uh, the, a decentralized application should solve. If they can bring that trust between both the parties, then though both the parties can doesn't have to rely on a bank like Chase, but they can continue to do a peer-to-peer lending. And that's where so many bigger companies also come into place where they'll create that network, etc. But now a smart contract is something that clearly t- states that, hey, if this logic applies, I'm going to dictate the money. That's great because um, it's not like you're, you have to trust a bank. You are trusting the ca- contract and with the contract, you know that you're going to get the money back.
0: Perfect. so in, so maybe if i put that into con- context of smart contracts i would say there would be a smart contract for lending lending and buying there could be a smart contract for banks transactions of maybe insuring it and making sure there is enough limit and enough borrowers and all of that stuff so all of these put together basically could autonomously run and you know execute all of these things but from the end user's perspective, it's just I'm going to a bank, filling out a form, getting a loan, paying it in monthly increments. And on the other side, I'm putting money and getting interest back. So that's as simple as it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Actually, and- let's take one more uh, one more topic, Sidhu. So usually we discuss a lot about customers, right? Even in this uh, podcast, we have been talking about customers, okay? In the primary use case or the primary customer for a smart contract as a developer. Now let's take a, a broader view, right? When we think about the end customers, okay? Who do you think is the targeted end customer? Let me give my point of view and then I'll uh, I'll come to you as well. Yeah. The way I think about this, right? These customers are intermediate or more. I'll tell you why. So if a customer is basically trying to lend money, okay, let's take the same use case. Which basically means this person is vested in terms of cryptocurrencies and is holding certain amount of cryptocurrency, not smaller amounts. Because if a person is holding like $500, okay, they might not be very keen on taking a loan from that. But let's say if you're holding like thousands of dollars into cryptocurrency and you don't want to sell, that is where this use case comes into picture where it's like, hey, I have like a few thousand dollars sitting there if I put it somewhere else, maybe it could have given me a better return. Cryptocurrencies could uh, increase as well. But at the same time, if I need cash, I don't have to sell that. I can just lend that money from my own cryptocurrencies and then do something with it. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, 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 I get that. So I think that the use case, the way which the use case works is like, let's assume that I have $100, right? And um, I'm, I don't want to basically take that money out and have that cryptocurrency. So what I go is I go to a decentralized uh, uh, place which lends money, right? So I, I basically loan my amount to them, loan my coins to them and give maybe an, um, cash or another form of uh, cryptocurrency which I could use for some of my purchases or buying some other assets and all of that stuff. The same amount basically could be lent to another person which he basically pays back on a monthly basis. But there's also another um, uh, smart contract which is written, which says that if the amount which I've given is below a threshold, it automatically sells it and I get back whatever is remaining. And automatically, if the person defaults something, then his collateral is is fortified or something. So I think this is all automated. So it works seamlessly at this point, but I'd say, there could be a natural extension to this where you know this use case could match what traditional banks do where they fill in, look at different assets and give
1: you a loan. Got it. That's right. Yep, absolutely.
0: And also I feel that this is a very huge opportunity. I'm not saying or advocating people to buy Ethereum, right? But when you look at the DeFi market now, it's close to 94 billion. But when you look at the overall lending and buying market, in the world it's six trillion so look at the potential which this use case has and also i would say right even though this use case might not take the complete market share but even take it taking 20 30 percent is very very big right and also there's a lot of scope of improvement there and also i feel that end of the day for the customer it's not which plot platform, it's it, is it centralized, decentralized, or you know, how is it built and all of that stuff? Is he getting the benefit or not? If I'm putting money in the bank, am I getting an APR or not? Or if I go to a bank, I'm getting a low inter- interest rate or not. So I think that's what values. And at the end of the day, maybe when everything is mo- more se- seamless, that's what people see and you know, get into the ecosystem. Makes sense.
1: Sure. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what are the cons of smart contracts as well?
0: Yeah, so I I feel that um, at this point, it is uh, still in the infancy stage, right? Like most of the things, there are times when um, the network is down, right? Like Ethereum is not down that often, but whenever the network gets congested with a lot of users, it it gets down. But maybe the Ethereum upgrade will push it and make it more efficient. There are uh, smaller blockchains which are down Lot of time, so that's will be a problem because there is uh, no realization re- re- on how it works and all of that stuff, right? Second one is lack of scalability at this point. Um, all of these decentralized um, exchange, uh, blockchains cannot take a lot of load. Imagine I building an app like facebook on ethereum it's not possible now like millions of transactions messages likes and all of that stuff going through it it's not scalable so you know we have to find a way there is a scalable solution for this i know that there are also other uh, side chains that are being built to make it more scalable but yeah i think that's for the future so lack of scalability is another one third one is i think the biggest concern is risk of scams right because i've we have lived through a lot of scams like money gets stolen blockchains get erased and all a lot of that how would i trust some, uh, somebody which uh, which is a black layer a blockchain to put money there i think that's the third biggest one the last one is user friendly I, I feel even now uh, there are a lot of applications out there that are built but I have to go through a lot of clutter to actually use that and try to understand. So I'd say it's for a novice, it's very hard to get in and try to understand and see what it is. So I feel these four are the biggest cons of smart contracts. What do you think?
1: Yep, I'm also on the same page. I I would actually start with the last one that you mentioned, right? Uh, A regular customer or a regular person might not be able to understand what's in the contract. It's a code written somewhere so at the end of the day, what again needs to happen is some uh, a group of people or a company needs to be formed and the company has to create a user-friendly uh, user interface to the customer so that he understands what exactly that is and then he'll buy into those things. And even if that is the case, there might be something else that's written on the back end, He might not be able to understand. And if he misses that, he's going to lose that money. And uh, this one also, right? Uh, all the problems with the blockchain would continue here. So in a blockchain, like once something is written, you can't change that. So same thing happens here. So for example, you wrote an algorithm. Uh, You and I, let's say, are uh, working on something and we we have written a code and we deployed it and we gave it to everyone to say, hey, use it. After a week, we realized, dude, we missed this specific logic and you want to go and update it. You can't update it. You will have to uh, deploy it once again. And then tell all of your customers to say, dude, don't use the old one and use this uh, new application with it. In my opinion, down the line, it's not scalable. If you have immutable programs that are like written into blockchain and people have to trust and do that. Simpler things can be solved, I think, but like complex problems, it might be an issue to use.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was also actually thinking about that. right? Imagine, because the real world is completely different, right? You know every day changes and customer preferences change every minute now nowadays right with this faster environment even though we capture some of the things on a smart contract uh, to update that the whole chain has to come under come to one consensus that's not an easy thing right like by voting and all of that stuff so i think it's a slower process now and the faster it gets done the faster and more efficient the blockchain becomes right that's why i think at this point the use cases are very small use cases and niche use cases not mainstream use cases but i think when these consensus problems uh, have uh, get solved and you know it gets upgraded in a much faster way i think uh, it becomes more and more efficient but yeah a lot of things have to come to make it more efficient makes sense so funny one more thing i, I also want to look at another use case here which is insurance which is pretty interesting because buying and lending is also a simple use case but insurance is even simpler right so insurance is basically imagine i go to geico there are like thousands of people who go to buy geico and do a monthly payment based on certain variables like your driving score your you know uh, a credit uh, driving history and all of that stuff and geico basically prices my insurance rate and it pulls all the money in and all the money gets invested somewhere or something like that, and they also have an insurance. If everything is defaulted, they get the money back, and then they try to uh, also process claims with that money. So I think all of the process is pretty straightforward, right? Right? And there need not be an intermediary to manage all of that stuff. So that's also a pretty interesting use case, is what I feel.
1: Yep, I I, I agree. Um... The problem, right, insurance, I also see it as a complex use case because a lot of human uh, interference happens right now because when a car accident happens, right, you will have to take that car somewhere. Someone has to actually look at the car and tell them, hey, this is going to be the damage. And then that's going to be a report that's being sent to the actual insurance company. And the company looks at it, probably some team within GEICO is going to validate that and tell that, okay, I approve these four things. I'm not gonna approve these two things. And then uh, it goes back to the same person, probably like goes back and forth and whoever agrees to it, finally, they're gonna pay that amount. This is a complicated, com- complex scenario again. It might be simpler situations where it's just like, okay, there was a hailstorm and then you have to pay Geico pays for it. That is as simple as uh, yeah. it gets.
0: Yeah, but, but the, the, also the uh, market is pretty interesting. So at this point, it is very small. I think 1.6 billion or something, but the overall insurance market is 1.6 trillion. So that's a very, very big opportunity, I feel.
1: Yep. From a technology standpoint, I totally agree because uh, if if the blockchain technology is used by insurance companies, right, they don't have to worry about the payment space. All the applications that come within uh, uh, within Ethereum blockchain, they can utilize those applications to like process the payments. They don't have to worry about like accounts payable teams, accounts receivable teams, and all those all those bigger issues. And at the same time, uh, storing all of these uh, transactions, maintaining the contracts for all of these, etc., would be much more simpler because there's documentation involved for everything. Because every six months, my contract might might change. And they keep sending me emails and uh, or I have to go to their website to look at it. Let's say six years ago, I'm using Geico and I, let's say change to Progressive. I don't even remember what my uh, insurance policy was at that time. So if everything is in Ethereum blockchain, now I can go and look at it. I don't have to worry about what insurance company it is, where it is stored, etc.
0: Yeah, so one other, um, so I was reading about interesting um, uh, use case here. So this was specifically for crop insurance. Imagine I'm a farmer who has registered through a decentralized exchange for crop insurance. There is a lot of IoT devices that are planted around the farm, which actually has a camera and also maybe temperature sensors and all of that stuff. Whenever there's a crop damage that happens, this information is transmitted to a blockchain and that is processed in a smart contract and the money is directly released to the farmer. So that's a very interesting use case, which I was like, man, that is crazy because you know, there's a lot of intermediate process that is being eliminated and everything is pretty uh, data driven. Right. So I feel there's a lot of use cases like that too.
1: I love that example. Actually, when you told that, I could think of a lot more because let's say nowadays there are apps that track your uh driving behavior right based on how they track your driving behavior your insurance policies could change all of that could be automated with the uh smart contracts and blockchains yeah awesome. yeah that's yeah. right
0: i know i think that is also pretty interesting space where now insurance agencies use maybe 15 to 10, 10 to 15 variables to determine your insurance rate but in your vehicle, right? There are more than hundred issues. Computers monitoring a lot of different things. All of that data could give you much cheaper, much uh, better rates. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, one other use case um, here is um, Mortgages, I feel. Mortgage is a pretty interesting use case and also very broad market, right? 2.2 trillion market. And I don't know if there are any Uh, apps that do mortgages at at this point, but mortgages is also something where they look at your assets, right? See if you have that eligibility or not. And if you have that, they basically give you a mortgage. All of that could be done through a wallet where you, you have a wallet, which basically gets your paycheck and lists out all your assets. Bank can do a quick query to see if you're eligible or not. And that smart contract could lend you money. Right. And there's also appraisal yeah. and a lot of things that are involved, but I feel that that's also a big use case which people can start building on.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. Especially if you think of mortgage, right? One one thing that happens right now is the escrows. So there is there is an intermediary involved. Like as soon as they approve everything, then the escrow is going to release a lot of funds to like both the banks uh, or the insurance companies and stuff. All of that can be automated as well through the smart contracts and the uh, blockchain usages.
0: Yeah, that's right. So escrow is basically uh, a middleman who is basically helping to acquire funds from a party and also disburse the funds back to the party, right? So yeah, that's also pretty interesting use case and all the escrows would basically go away. So this actually brings in another interesting use case uh, here. So all of the trading, what we do, derivatives or all of these equities and all of that stuff have clearing houses. So if we have to buy something from the company, these clearing houses act as intermediaries to exchange all of this stuff. So New York uh, Stock Exchange is an intermediary, NASDAQ is, and for der- 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 um, derivatives, there are other intermediaries also. All of these charge fees. And you um, know it's pretty costly affair. So all of these things are just based on you know okay we believe in this institution because this has been doing for so many years and this has a record of so many uh, this many funds and all of that stuff. So that's why we basically give them money and exchange goods from them. So all of this could be use case of a smart contracts
1: yep. Absolutely, hundred
0: percent agree. But, yeah. So I think we explored a lot of different use cases on the DeFi space and that's very interesting here. There are also other use cases for smart contracts right like um, uh, so what do you think those use cases are?
1: Uh, I think we touched upon all the primary ones. There could be a lot of additional use cases as well right like let's say you want to track uh, um, supply chain issues and stuff like let's say how things are happening between your Suppliers, your uh, customers, et cetera, all of those transactions can be stored within a uh, smart contract. Like, let's say you want to purchase some goods from the supplier. As soon as uh, someone verifies that, okay, goods received, a smart contract can be executed to release the funds to that uh, specific person. All and of then, that can be automated. yeah, all of that can be automated. And even I think I have also seen a government use case, right? Right now, there are so many things that happens within a government organization, uh, all of that can be automated as well. Getting your driver's license can be as simple as that. Like as soon as your driver's license expi- uh, expires, let's say if you have to go validate certain things online, as soon as you do that, automatically your system would validate everything and then send you the new driver's license, new registration, car registration, etc. All of this can be automated through the smart contracts.
0: Yeah, I was also looking at an interesting use case like product development where you basically write smart contracts for different stages of a product from idea to product right you get to a product and there are parties who are involved in executing those stages and once that is executed they get the money so i think that's how this use case is basically ties into the autonomous organization where there are thousands of people working for that organization and every aspect of the work they do is tied to a smart contract and whenever they complete the work, the smart contract gets executed. Yeah, you no, know, it's very difficult on how that could be done, so many things and all, but yeah, I, I think these use cases evolve as we go.
1: Makes sense. Awesome, Sidhu. Um, to summarize it, right? If you, if you uh, If you want to tell two things to our audience, what would that be for smart contracts?
0: Yeah, the first thing is, Irres- irrespective of the technology, what goes behind, I, I feel that uh, uh, ease of use is what people want. So, the more easier the apps look, the more adoption with people would go and um, uh, start using them. So, that's, that's the first the takeaway from my side. Second one is trust. If I have a face, I trust it, right? So if I don't have a face and I, I see a lot of scams going around here and there, I'm not sure if I'm going to invest so much money there. So I think somehow uh, smart contracts or you know cryptocurrency or all of this uh, industry has to solve the trust issue. So these both are the key uh, points, which I would say if they are able to solve these both, it, there is the adoption would be more and more and people will start using these blockchains more. What about Makes you? Sense.
1: Um, the first one I'm thinking about is a developer, like the developer community has to improve a lot in cryptocurrencies, Um, especially in smart contracts in the space, right? Because you need people to like come code and build the right applications. Um, if we can do that, that would be awesome. And if someone is a developer, I would highly encourage them to like go check, explore different pages and try to build applications and stuff. And the second one that I could think of is institutional use. So if institutions come into this and then start using the smart contracts. I think that's when the blockchain will get like a lot more light and red. Think of AWS, right? It was internal, it came out and only then a lot of people were able to use this. The same thing has to happen here. So it's still in the nascent phases right now, like we discussed, but let's say if someone was able to like bring this into a solid application, if an institution can make this into a solid application, then that can be utilized by any developers externally to like uh, branch out of things and build even better applications.
0: More of it being a platform and making it actual for uh, these you know businesses so that they could build on top of it, right? Yeah. Yep. It's a hybrid. I know of it's decentralized. And decentralized, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. I I know it's decentralized, but I don't think, especially in this scenario, decentralized would completely fly. Maybe it would down the line, but right now some kind of centralization is needed within the space to make it bigger
0: yeah I, I also feel the same because i think complete decentralization wouldn't be a good uh you know strategy for now both exist for now but you know late later this complete decentralization would take over but you know for as an intermediate step it would be both coexisting together and you know getting the better of both the, both worlds
1: yep absolutely awesome this was a great conversation Siddhu um love to see see you in the next podcast
0: yeah perfect funny thank you let's see everybody in the next podcast
1: thanks everyone